What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, welcome to this week's Bald Head Bible Podcast. And I'd just like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please consider supporting us. Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you'll see different levels that you can support us at. It isn't much. I'm not trying to get rich off of this or anything like that, but you can support us for the mighty amount of $1 a month. $1 a month, which comes to $12 a year. And what do you get for that? Well, you get access to the Baldhead Bible Podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. It's a 10-minute show where I'll be talking about various things, and I'll probably be, number one, talking about extra content that I wasn't able to get at about the character for this week, and I'll throw in some things that I just ran out of time to talk about and wasn't able to fit in the show, or or number two, I'll be interviewing some really cool people, some theological friends I have or pastoral friends I have who can give us some insight on the book or the character we're going through that week. Or finally, I'll just interview some really cool people that are just fun to meet. Or maybe I'll just chat about stuff. But it's just for supporters of the podcast. It's going to be a 10-minute show. Our premiere episode is free, so check it out, Baldhead Bible Podcast after show waxing the dome but starting this week it's only going to be accessible to our supporters so for a dollar a month you get access to this 10 minute after show podcast which will be a lot of fun but if you want to go higher you can support us for three dollars a month and there you get the after show waxing the dome as well as a sticker We've created some Bald Head Bible merch, if you'd like to look at it that way, and I will mail you a sticker if you join for $3 per month. And our highest level is $5 a month, and there you get the Bald Head Bible podcast after show waxing the dome. Plus, secondly, you get a sticker. Plus, thirdly, you get the ability to download a PDF, and it'll be a series of questions that you can use to think through the story in the podcast. You could use these questions as a way to have devotions with your family or use it with your Bible study group. And I'll try to throw in, if I can, a little crossword puzzle that maybe your kid and you can fill in as you listen to the podcast. So... You get that if you join at $5 per month. So think about supporting the podcast. You can support us, again, easily for $1 a month. It's called the Buzz Cut. Or you can join us at $3 a month, which is called Shaved. You're getting closer to the bald goodness. And then the highest level, $5 a month. And that's called True Baldy. You have reached true bald head Bible perfection. So I'd encourage you to think about it. Um, it costs me some money to put this podcast on. But of course, you don't have to join at all. And you can just listen to the main podcast, which will always be free. 
and I want to get the message of the Bible and the excitement of Scripture out there. So do not worry, that will always be free. But if you'd like to think about supporting us, go once again to patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible or just go to patreon.com and search baldheadbible. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Naomi stood there and watched the last dirt being thrown onto the grave of her two sons. Malon was the name of one of her sons, and Chilion was the name of her other. And they were now both dead, and they were probably buried right next to her husband, Elimelech's grave. And here, Naomi is staring at the grave of the man she loved, Elimelech, who is dead, which makes her a widow, and she's also looking at the graves of her two sons, Malon and Chilion, which, which means her sons are now dead, and... And I wonder if Naomi looked up at the sky and wondered, Yahweh, Lord, where are you? Because at this point, Naomi is in a bad position. She's a widow because she's lost her husband years ago. And, but now she just lost her two boys. And so she has no family to take care of her because standing next to her, Naomi reaches out and grabs the hand of Ruth, her daughter-in-law, and then takes her other hand and grabs the hand of her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, and they're probably weeping and wailing. Ruth was married to Malon, and Orpah was married to Chilion, and they're probably weeping and crying because their husbands are dead in the ground. And Naomi is weeping because she has lost her two sons. She has lost her husband. And there were no children. There's nobody there to take care of her. And Naomi and Ruth and Orpah are probably in the worst position you could be in in that society. To have no husband and then to have no family to take care of you? That was one of the lowest positions in society you could be at. You could easily end up poor. You could easily end up being taken advantage of. Not only that, the worst thing of all for Naomi, she's not even in Israel. She's a good Jewish woman, but she is weeping and crying and standing by the graves of her Husband and children in the land of Moab. And the Moabites, they hate the Jews. So Naomi looks up. I think she shakes her head and she starts to cry. And she thinks, the hand of Yahweh is against me. God must hate me. What am I going to do? Have you ever felt discouraged? Have you ever hit that moment in your life where you feel like, I don't know what's going to happen, and you feel abandoned by God? Well, I want to encourage you, if you have ever felt that way, boy, do I have a story for you. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the book of Ruth, and the book of Ruth is all about hope. 
And it's all about God taking people who are marginalized and stepped upon and forgotten by society and doing amazing things with their life. And it's the story of Ruth who decides to live and follow and obey Yahweh no matter what. And God takes that heart of faithfulness and does amazing things with her. And I want to say to Naomi, hey, you are distraught and you are discouraged right now. But you don't realize that out of your family, out of your line is going to come the Messiah, Jesus, Naomi. Ruth especially, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Man, what God is going to do with you guys is going to change the world. And I just want to say that to anybody listening. If you feel that same way, if you know the Lord is your Savior, he promises to never leave you or forsake you. He promises to be there by your side. And he will do amazing things if you just trust, obey, and walk by faith. Well, how did we end up here, right? How did we end up in this position? How did we get here? Well, Elimelech was married to Naomi, and they were a good Jewish couple, and they were actually living in Bethlehem in the tribe of Judah. But the problem was they were living during the time of the judges. And in particular, it looks like they were contemporaries to Gideon. They were living during the time when Gideon had his judgeship. Well, during that time, Israel was being overrun by the Midianites. Why were the Midianites oppressing the Jewish people? Because the Jewish people at this time... They were leaving Yahweh. They were not pushing the other Canaanite tribes out. They, in fact, were doing exactly what God did not want them to do. They were doing what the book of Judges says. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. That's all they chose to do. They pursued self. They pursued selfish desires. They pursued themselves. They didn't care what God wanted them to do. So God sent in the Midianites to oppress the people, and the Jewish people cried out for help, and God raised up Gideon, yes, who pushed the Midianites out through faith and did some amazing things, but then began to pursue his own self, set up his own area of worship, began to create his own little kingdom, and things went bad again. And in the middle of this up-and-down chaotic time where people were irresponsibly not following God, here we have this couple, Elimelech and Naomi. Well, in the middle of all this, God sends a famine. Boom! And Elimelech, in the middle of this famine in the town of Bethlehem, decides, I have got to get out of here. I have got to leave. I can't feed my family. can't feed my cattle. You know, in fact, I'm going to leave Israel, and I'm going to go 50 miles east to this other country called Moab, because I've heard they have food, and I've heard they're doing the right things. And so Elimelech, a good Jewish man, leaves the land of promise to head to a pagan tribe called the Moabites. Now, the Moabites don't like the Jewish people, but they have a similar sort of heritage because the father of Israel is Abraham. Well, he had a nephew named Lot. 
Lot didn't really do what was right, and he pursued, again, his own desires and his own flesh, and he didn't pursue Yahweh. He didn't live by faith like he should have, and later on, Lot had two daughters, and through those two daughters, they produced these two children, and one of them became the Ammonites, and the other one became the Moabites. And so there is some sort of connection, but the Moabites harassed Israel as they were coming out of Egypt. They weren't very nice, and they would raid into Israel. So there's some tension. So why would Elimelech want to leave Israel, the land of promise, where God says, I want you, Israel, to push out the Canaanite tribes? Why would you leave the land where God says, this is my promised land to you, Israel, to go over there where they worship a God named Chemosh? They didn't worship Yahweh. Well, it's probably a sign Elimelech wasn't really living for the Lord. It was probably a sign that Elimelech was making some bad choices. Well, they're in this land and they're trying to get ahead, but Moab seems to have their own problems and their own famine. Well, Elimelech dies. I don't know if Naomi wakes up one day and finds out her husband is dead in bed with a heart attack next to her, or or maybe Elimelech got mauled by a bull or a wild dog. I don't know. It doesn't say, but Elimelech is dead. But while they're there, Chilion and Malon grow up. Now, who are Chilion and Malon? Well, Elimelech and Naomi have two boys in Bethlehem of Judah, and their names are Chilion and Malon, and they took them to Moab with them, and they grew up there. And at some point, Elimelech dies, but her boys are old enough, and they find beautiful, wonderful Moabite women to marry. Yes, Naomi's thinking, I have a future. My boys can take care of me, and they'll produce children, and they'll take care of me. Yes, everything is good. Thank you, Yahweh. Now, Naomi keeps praying to Yahweh, which is good. It seems like Naomi never loses her worship and her loyalty to the one true God. But here, Chilion and Malon, they marry Moabite women. Now, Chilion marries a woman, a Moabite woman named Orpah. Malon marries a Moabite woman named Ruth. Now, neither of these women are Jews. And these women probably worshipped the god named Chemosh when they bumped into this Jewish family, fell in love with their boys. And it seems like at that point, they joined Naomi in this worship of this new god they bumped into called Yahweh. That's interesting. Naomi goes to another country, another territory ruled by this god named Chemosh. Well, who shows up with Naomi? The almighty god named Yahweh. He's not ruled by land or borders. He goes where he wants. And if you're willing to worship him no matter what, no matter where, he will be there. And so... They introduce Orpah and Ruth to their god, Yahweh, the one true God. And I think they begin to worship him and follow him instead of their old god, Chemosh. But then tragedy hits again. And both her sons are wiped out. 
and they'd been married, it seemed, for about 10 years. And I don't know if it's 10 years from when they arrived, and then maybe three years in, they met their brides. But for a period of 10 years, they're in this country called Moab. And during that space of time, she loses her husband, and she loses her two sons. And so here she is standing at this gravesite with her two widowed daughter-in-laws who aren't Jewish, they're Moabites. She says to Orpah and Ruth, please, God's hand is clearly against me. Yahweh's hand is clearly not for me. Don't stick with me. I am bad news. No, do not stick with me. You need to go back to your Moabite country, find a good Moabite man, settle down, produce children, and then you'll be safe. See, in their society, they didn't have a way to take care of those who were particularly poor or widowed or orphaned. And so when if you were a widow or an orphan, you had no safety net. And that's why if you could find a husband, that was great. And then if you had children, that was even better because you're producing a family who's going to then take care of you in your old age. But what if all that's gone? And Naomi knows this. And so she says to Orpah and Ruth, her Moabitess daughter-in-laws, stay here in Moab. You guys go find husbands. I am going to return home. I'm heading back to Bethlehem of Judah. Why? Because she'd heard the famine had left Bethlehem of Judah and that there was food and water and things to eat. And I think if Naomi truly was a worshiper of Yahweh, she was dying to get back to the promised land. She was dying to leave this pagan, chemosh-worshipping world behind and head back home. She wanted to return. And Orpah and Ruth says, no, 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 we'll go with you. We'll, we'll go with you. Yes, we'll, we'll stay with you. And Naomi turns around again and says, no. I have no husband, I have no family, I am a widow. If you stay with me, it will be even worse. So Orpah, she takes her advice. And I don't think it was wrong of Orpah to go back to the Moabite culture and country she came from. And I think Orpah probably found a wonderful Moabite husband and settled down. The only negative I could say is... I don't think Orpah really followed Yahweh because there's something about the other daughter-in-law. Because Ruth says, you know what? I am not leaving you, Naomi. I am going to follow your God. And in fact, it says there in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, she says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God will be my God. See, she's claiming your God is going to be my God. I'm going to leave this Chemosh God behind. I am going to follow your God. And then she says in verse 17, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the... And then she invokes the name of God. May the Lord, or may Yahweh, do so to me and more also, if anything but 
death parts me from you. See, I think that here, Ruth's conversion was complete. Naomi had told her to go back and not follow her three different times. But Ruth, her daughter-in-law, she could have easily followed Orpah and gone back. But instead, she chooses to stay with Naomi over her own family. Maybe Ruth had a mom and a dad that would have taken her back in and helped her find her new husband. No, she sticks with Naomi over her own family, over her own Moabite-ness, her national identity, and then her religious idolatry. Like I said, she was probably a follower of Chemosh, and that's where I think you see a true converted follower of Yahweh who says, I have found something different about this God. I am going to follow you, Naomi, wherever you go. Do not tell me not to come. And then it says in verse 18, And when Naomi saw that she, Ruth, was determined. Ruth is showing strength and firmness and persistence. That's what that word determined means. She says, I am determined to stick with you, Naomi. And I will go where you go. I'll die where you die. I will be with you. But I don't think she just loved Naomi. I think that was part of it. I think the other part of it, she was following Naomi's God. There was something about this Yahweh. And I'm going to follow him. Think of all that Ruth left behind particularly the security she could have had if she'd stayed. She's leaving all that behind to follow Yahweh, to stick with a widowed woman named Naomi, heading back to a country that is not hers. This is a big gamble for Ruth. Is this the right thing to do? Well, if you come back next week, we'll find out. And I want to say it's right for anybody at this point to say, I want to look at the claims of Jesus, and I want to put my faith in Jesus, and and I want to completely be loyal and committed, and I want to believe that Jesus is God, and I am going to follow him no matter what it takes. Man, Christian, I hope you have the faith of Ruth. Non-Christian, I hope you hear about this Jesus And hear about the faith that Ruth put in Yahweh? Man, I hope that is appealing. And you start to pursue and learn more about who is this Jesus. I pray you follow him today. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.